Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's good, everybody? This is Matty Moles, and you guys are listening to another episode of the OKC Topic Thunder podcast. It's kind of a weekly here. We got a tripod going on. I've got all five of the best rappers of all time joining me. Dylan, 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 and Dylan joining me from the state of Kentucky. Thunder Chats, Dylan Huntsinger. How are you doing, man? What up, gentlemen? I am. Uh, I'm just chilling right now. I got a Dr Pepper close by. Um, yeah, man. I'm. I'm a little bummed there was no Thunder basketball to talk about today, but I'm excited to be on here talking about it with you all. And then closer to the actual game that would have happened tonight uh, yep. in the state of Oklahoma, somebody who is actually going to be. At said game, I'm joined by Alex Roy. How are you doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm a little bit perturbed, man. I'm a little bit perturbed. I, perturbed. So, I mean, the, the, the story is, so I live about 90 miles away from Oklahoma City. So, you know, I have to, I have to drive like an hour, hour, 15 minutes to the game. And so I drive to the game. You know, I have a, you know, I have a media pass. And so I drive to the game. And I get there around 4.30 because I had to run an errand. So I get there around 4.30. And as soon as I hit the the stairwell in the parking garage to go down to the arena, you know, Woj and Shams blow up my phone (laughs) saying that the game had been canceled. So I, so number one, so I went to the, I went to the door, I went to the arena and they were like, you know, it's been canceled. So basically, like the lady that was there at the check-in for the arena, she was picking up all her stuff. You know, she, you know, she was going home. So I wasn't even going to get into the arena. I didn't get my box lunch slash dinner from the Thunder that I look forward to. And so, you know, I had to do the the drive of shame back to the L town, and I took a big L today. Hmm. Well, tonight you took an L, but. Tomorrow you'll bounce back, right? It's fine. I will. I will. I will. Tomorrow, you know, I'm off. I'm off from work, so we'll go ahead yeah. and count that as a W right there. Yeah, and you'll have some more NBA basketball to watch uh, tomorrow. Except it, it won't be, be the Thunder. The Thunder. Um, and for me, uh, I'm sipping on a little Di Sorono because I felt fancy a little bit. I've got two watch Guinness out, on man. standby. So yeah, this will this will be interesting. Um, we had a game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Oof. That's about all I feel like saying about that. That's all I have to say about that. Do you guys have anything further on the Laker game that you want to get into? The Lakers, like you don't you don't realize. So the Lakers were big last year too. You know, like. You have Anthony Davis, you have LeBron James, and they're 
supersized for the positions they're supposed to play. Like LeBron James, he plays four, but he can play a three. You know, he's a wing. So he's a super wing out there. And then you have, you know, Anthony Davis that plays five, four, five. You know, he's, he's, he should be a four in a regular type, you know, lineup. Um, and so he's just, you know, it's, they're just huge. They got Marcus Saul out there. You know, last year they had Dwight Howard. They had JaVale McGee at the fives. It's just a huge team. And they, they just they just out physical you in every, you know, every dimension out there on the court. And they're also very skillful. And so they're champions for a reason. And so what we saw in that game was a rebuilding team going against a championship contender and the championship contender did what they're supposed to do. Yeah. It it was one of those things where like, you know, during this tank um, or rebuild, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, when you're watching this team, you're, you know, the big thing you want is the young guys to show out, to watch them grow, develop, and improve. And that's what makes it fun. It's not the wins and losses. It's, you know, watching the young guys kind of, you know, grow into their own. Well, there wasn't a lot of that in the Lakers game because the young guys kind of struggled. The Lakers got out to a really quick lead, and our young guys didn't really play in the fourth quarter. So uh, that that that's all I have to say about that, Matty Mole. <laughs> <laughs> like five minutes, five minutes into the game, you do the outcome. Yeah. Um, I guess the one last thing I, I really want to touch on Dennis Schroeder looks good in the Jersey still looks weird in the Jersey. That's kind of how I feel. What do you think? I like it, man. I think, uh, I, yeah. I like that. He got the blonde streak going all the way back to his hair. I think it, it, it matches the uniform very nicely. Uh, I also like to, Likes him and Shay getting a little playful there in the third quarter. They got their little, they got their arms all locked up, mm-hmm. and they were laughing and joking around. It, it it was just a good time. It, it's good to see you know old teammates come and uh, you know play against each other, compete, but you know also you know have a good time. Remember that you know they're brothers. So, mm-hmm. and and he's always uh, Dennis is still steadily uh, in the mentions on social about you know just trying to gas up Shay and all his development and. That's mm-hmm. tough, right? Like that's his signature. That's tough. And it's just like, man, like the chemistry we had on last year's squad is just through the roof. I miss that team. Like that's probably yeah. That wasn't the best like the as far as production Thunder team ever, but I think it was my favorite Thunder team ever. Just from like the the basketball and the personalities like uh last year was special. I, you know, I think yeah, I think it was the funnest I think it was the funnest team since the um, 09 10 team, you know, the, the first playoff year team. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was just a ton of fun. There was low, ex- there was zero expectations last year. Um, and so for them to perform to get to the, you know, four or five seed, it was, it was awesome. You know, it, it just made for a hell of a year. So uh, anything else on the Lakers? Anything else on that storyline? They're gonna repeat. That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, a yeah, champion, yeah. A, a champion with two max players managed to find a way to get better and deeper. Mm-hmm. That's like not fair. Every but, position they lost, they literally improved. Yeah, Palinka's a, yeah. a beast. He was able to. I mean, good for him. All right, <clears throat> so moving on. I feel like this is the 98th time so, we've on, seen so, Hold on, hold on. Be- before we move on, before we move on, 
there was a, there was a lot of like garbage time in this game, and I believe Poku hit double figures for the first time this season. So he had ten points, four rebounds, two assists. So that was something. Three blocks. And three blocks, yes. So yeah, that was Poku. something. It's fun, man. I, I love watching. I love watching. Yeah, from one seventeen to another, right? I love watching him uh, just go out there and try to affect the game. And you definitely could tell he's the youngest player in the league, for yeah, sure. sure. But I mean, he's Dylan's favorite player, so I'm not going to say uh, too much about Poku. him. Uh, <laughs> Poku uh, I've got a love hate relationship with, but yeah, no, he I, he did all right in this game. You know, I mean. There wasn't a lot of meaningful basketball to be played, but it was fun to see him go out there and finally hit some shots and, uh, yep. you know, compete for us. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. He's a lot better than that bum uh, Maxi. That's for sure, right? Yell at me when he scores 39. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Uh, so, so, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like they say. It's like they say. Even even when you're tanking, somebody has to score. You know, sometimes that person putting up 20 points on a rebuilding team is not really a 20 point score in the NBA. It's just on a rebuilding team, somebody has to score. Most teams are going to get up to 90 points easily, and so, you know, Tyrese Maxey just fell into that spot whenever, whenever the uh, the Sixers were playing with like what seven players, I think it was eight, but one of them was injured for real. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know the story. I just know he scored 39 points and he balled out. That's all I got to say. And you would have been happy if we took him at 17. Um, yep. Yeah. I would have. I know. I would have also. Ha-ha. Yeah, I can't. Backfire. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's that storyline that's going to be kind of connected forever um, with him specifically. So, all right. Now we can move on. Um We've, we've seen this team twice in the preseason, and this is our first crack at them in the regular season. Former coach moved, went there because they wanted to be, he wanted a chance to be more competitive. I'm talking about Billy Donovan and the Chicago Bulls. They came to town. And this game was, was pretty, uh, pretty nutso early. Pretty stinking nutso all the way up to halftime. So, does anybody want to give their initial it was, thoughts? It was not. It was not nuts. So it was horrible. It, as a Thunder fan, it was one of those games. So it was so bad that me and you know I decided, hey babe, let's go ahead and watch Wandavision. And so I didn't you even get too. to watch like, you know, oh, you too. <laughs> and so I didn't. I didn't even get to watch like the second. I, I didn't watch the second half. So I just, you know, we, we watched we watched the two episodes of WandaVision. You know, that was only like an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, when I got that alert on my phone that said that, you know, 118 to 118 to finish out the game, I was like, what? Hold on. So I had to go back and kind of see what had happened. But yeah, like, like here's, here's the thing. I know that the team is rebuilding. And I know, you know, there's going to be bumps and bruises as far as like, playing and losses and things like that. But man, when your team is getting killed by like 22 points to, to not even the, you know, not even a championship contender, 
sometimes you just turn off the TV and say, you know what, it's not our night. I'm not here to watch Massacre basketball. You know, just move on. So that's kind of what I did. What was that, Friday night, I think it was? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of what I did Friday night. And then we actually ended up winning. So, hey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on my side, you know, we uh, – it's <laughs> so like we go to the hospital every evening whenever I get off work before we come home. Friday, I come home, then we go to the hospital later in the evening, and then we stay with either my aunt or my buddy who lives in the same city the hospital is in, so we can go to the hospital in the morning and talk to the doctors. So we were at somebody else's house, and they wanted to watch WandaVision. We were down 20 points, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to be rude. Let's just do it. And I I think we finished, and it was like – I turned it on the fourth quarter, and – I saw Shay's bucket, you know, to tie the game, his M1. I think I saw a couple of possessions before that too, though. But, like, yeah, man, I mean, I remember looking at the box score, like, at halftime, like, you know, what's just going on? Because, like, Shay was having a great game, obviously. Like, he was mm-hmm. he was tearing it up. I think he had – I think he had, like, what, 16 points in the first half or something like that. I mean, he was crazy efficient. He stayed efficient throughout the game. But, I mean, Lou Dort, for example, I remember he had four points at halftime. And I was like, dang, like, this is a guy who's hit a three every game this season. Like, you know, it's going to go out like this. And then, you know, I I, I was checking the box score throughout one division. And I saw that he, you know, started to come on. But, man, like, apparently Lou Dort carried in the third quarter there for a little bit, didn't he, Moles? He had fit like 15 points in the quarter. And he was a menace on both ends of the floor. He ended up with six steals in the game, and I think like three mm-hmm. of those came in the third quarter to really help turn the tide um, and keep us in it. So we were down, <clears throat> we were down by eighteen points going into half, and then we were down by only eight going into the fourth quarter. So we managed to be on the right side of the game <laughs> uh, in that second half. You know chipping away at that depth at the deficit and it ballooned all the way up to 22 points at one point. And, and Lou, it's like Lou Dort said, nah, I'm done. Like, let's, let's go. So like Lou, man, like, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be good enough necessarily for him to be defensive player of the year, but he certainly deserves some votes because the guy is a monster and if he continues this trajectory, I mean, we could talk about fringe all-star. He's already getting a lot of a lot of steam from media types kind of all over the place. But a guy that's a two-way player, if you're if you're consistently hitting that three ball, which he is, I think it's sustainable. Man, he's he's more than just a three and D guy, too. I mean, six steals in a game, how many people are even capable of that? Like, even against a bad team that turns the ball over, six steals is a lot of steals. And, and like, the thing, the thing with him is that usually great, great defensive players don't usually get steals. They're usually just great, you know, defensive players. And you look at the box scores, and you have to look at stuff like, you know, defensive plus minus. You have to look at things like, you know, those types of stats. <laughs> you know, the, the great defensive players don't usually put up great stats because what they do is, they force the issue to where other players get steals, to where other players get blocks, and to where the team as a whole um, plays really good defense and they have really good, uh, you know, a real good uh, defensive efficiency and all that. Um, so I think 
for him to get six steals, that means, number one, he was active, but that means other players on the court were also very active defensively. And so I think in the second half, that team, you know, the Thunder were playing almost desperation-type basketball, and they were playing desperate on the, on the defensive end. And so I think that, uh, that generated a lot of steals uh, going Dort's way. Another hey, player – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dylan. I think we're on the same track here. I'll tell you, another guy that contributed defensively was, uh, you know, obviously our all-star throughout the whole season, the guy that nobody wanted to be cut in the preseason. Oh, oh, Ken – oh, oh, uh, oh which oh, Kenny? Kenrick, Kenrick, Kenry Hustle-Williams. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's for sure. He's doing great, man. He's doing – when he gets out there – like I'm, I'm so happy this team did not cut him. Like that just shows, you know, how great like evaluators are versus us, you know, out in in media land and in you know normal NBA fan land. That you know they saw what he was doing in practice. They saw what he was doing in games. They were looking specifically for some things, and we were looking at other things. You know, we were looking at points and rebounds and stuff like that. And they were looking at more effort, energy, things like that. And he's kind of shown, you know, proven that for this team, at least, he could be a contributor on this team as far as an energy guy and as far as the defensive guy. So I'm so happy that they still have him. Yeah, he was up to his name, man. You know, Kenny Hustle, like that dude is Mm – he's hustling his butt on the court every minute he's on there. And, you know, when you have a guy like him and Hami off the bench, like the energy is just like popping as soon as the second unit comes on the floor. Yeah. When when we have him and Shay on the floor together, we need to call them hustle and flow. I I like that. Yeah. I think I think that's I think I like that's that. got a future. You could buy buy the stock in hustle and flow now while it's cheap. <laughs> um, I mean the guy filled in the box score like crazy because he's hustling and he's you know when you hustle you make yourself available, and that allows other things to kind of fall into place. I'm. Look, I, I I keep tweeting this every time we get a win. You know, the people like on Team Tank look at this squad like, why won't you die? Like the Austin Powers thing. <laughs> but like for real, this team is gonna hustle and they're gonna compete and they're they're gonna they're gonna fight. Yeah. They're gonna be games against the Lakers, for instance, where we throw up a dud because we're supposed to against that team. But against these lower level teams, man, we're fighting these guys. These middle tier teams, we're fighting those guys too. I mean, it's just this team is like so young, they're just hungry and they don't really care about the situation. They don't care about who's wearing a jersey across from them. And I love it, man. Like this is this is fun basketball even though we're not the best, obviously it's really enjoyable basketball to watch. I, I really got to got to applaud Mark Dagnall for his system and the fact that everybody's bought into it, even in the lumps and guys are just going out and competing every single night down to a guy who a lot of us didn't even care if he made the roster, right? Like, and he's proven his worth. So good on all of those people. Um, so go ahead, Dylan. And, and you know what's fun about that? Like, you know, that fighting tooth and nail, staying hungry, you know, never giving up attitude is Al Horford wasn't playing that last game. George Hill had eight points. Like, he wasn't a huge contributor in this game. Oh, for like, five from three. 
Yeah, like this coming back and like this never quit attitude was fueled by the young guys on this team. And I mean, obviously, like, you know, I think we're pretty realistic. We're not going to like go to the playoffs. We're not going to make some noise in the first round or the play in or anything like that. Like, we, we don't have like um, championship aspirations this year, but that kind of attitude, you know, that kind of culture inside your locker room mm-hmm. is an amazing foundation, an amazing building block, an amazing pillar um, when it comes to, you know, the rebuild and when this team is in position, you know, to, you know, to have championship aspirations and to be in those contending conversations, to have this as kind of like, um, you know, your attitude and your persona, like, I mean, that that's going to be, that's going to be great. And it's great to, you know, see it happening. What friggin' like 10 game, 10, 11 games in the season. So, Mm-hmm. And I think so. Even though George Hill didn't have a great statistical game, uh, one of the things that that Kenrich Williams said after the game was that you know at halftime mm-hmm. he George Hill you know laid into them, not necessarily laid into them, but talked about effort, talked about you know things like that. And so that's what you want out of those veterans during a rebuilding season, during a, re- a rebuilding time frame is you want those veterans to come in and, you know, kind of say, hey, this is what I'm seeing out there from you guys. And for the young guys to respect the veteran enough to be like, you know, he, you know, he's right. You know, let's go out there. Let's fix this. Let's go out there and, you know, play better. And so that's what they did against Chicago. Accountability. Yep, accountability. But i tell you what, there's – so, you know, we talked about Kenrich. We talked about, you know, Lou Dort, SGA. The other guy's kind of impressing me whenever he gets – opportunities Isaiah Roby mm-hmm. and like I get it you know he's, he's a six foot eight center and as far as okay. over the span of a full season um, that's probably not going to work that great um, but in spurts and bits and pieces throughout the season he's worked very well um, especially whenever his shot is going whenever his three-point shot is going um, and so if you can you know build a career off of you know build a sustain a career off of a floor spacing, you know, power forward, small ball center, you know, we might have something on the cheap right there for him. So if, if Kendrick Williams is, is hustle, Isaiah Roby is, we got to call him like Isaiah baby face filter Roby, right? Like he's, he's just got a grown, he's a grown ass man and got, has a big body, big frame, but his face just like, I, I mean, it's just like, it's like, bro, are you going to get your driver's Snapchat. license sometime soon? <laughs> like, my goodness, he just, uh, uh, anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I, I always think that like the first time I see him in a game, first time, like the camera goes to his face, I'm like, like, ah, he just looks young. And then I kind of move on and, and whatever, but yeah. Doesn't, doesn't quite roll off the tongue there. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, hey, no, it's Babyface. We call him Babyface, right? Baby, Babyface assassin. <laughs> it's like it's like he dunks the ball, and you're like, yeah, and then they do a close up of his face. You're like, aw. I'm start calling him Boss Baby. <laughs> boss <laughs> Baby. <laughs> you you can make that, you what, man, that, that, that. That that Chicago game. That was a cool game. That was an awesome game. You know, when I went back and I actually watched. 
you know, the highlights of it and things like that. It was an awesome game. And it was one of those games where you completely wish that crowds were back in the game. Because that, that would have been one of those games that, man, the peak would have been just going crazy in that game. Uh, you know, that's, that's what you miss whenever you're going through a pandemic. But that would have been an awesome game to see live. Yeah, and and we're not even like like we we've we've mentioned it, but like this is the best game Shay's had in his career. Like thirty four points, thirteen and nineteen shooting, like crazy efficiency, three of five from deep, perfect from the line, four of four. He had ten assists and one turnover, five rebounds and a steal. Like, I mean, Shay Shay was great in this game. And uh, for him to come down the court and make the move and get Kobe White in the air and score on an M1 to tie the game right there at the end to send us into overtime, I mean, that's that's big boy basketball right there, man. Yeah. And and he looked the part of a guy who could be that, you know, we say, are, is he the number one guy on a, on a championship caliber team? Would he be a number two? Like some of that's like conjecture, like it doesn't really matter. You just kind of get a bunch of guys together, but he definitely looked like the guy that you could trust at the end of the game to put the ball yeah. in his hands and go get a bucket. And it it's really nice. Like I don't take for granted the fact that we've got him, right? We it's like the Thunder have always had a guy like that. There there are teams that don't necessarily have that kind of guy that you can legitimately trust mm-hmm. to go get you a bucket if you need to. Like like for instance, like Markel Fultz is is out, right? Do you really trust like Aaron Gordon to go like from the wing and get you a bucket if you're if you're the Magic? Do you 100 percent always trust like Ross to get that done? No, right? I like, do. Maybe... I I do. Whenever he's playing the Thunder, I do. Okay, <laughs> that guy well, is mi- I mean... that guy is microwave every time he plays the Thunder. <laughs> I mean, just like just like Andrew Wiggins, right? But, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean. I think we take it for granted. I think that I think that we're super spoiled as a fan base. Having a guy like Shea with his with his ability to take over a game like that late. Bro, that's that's special. A guy that we that we oh go ahead. I would just say he's he's two for three this season on on those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like he had the first game of the season against Charlotte. He had the game winner. Mm-hmm. Second game of the season. You know, against Utah, he missed it, but I mean, he was still willing to take it. That's what you want out of your young, especially that that number one guy that you have on your team. You don't want him to shy away from those moments. And there have been plenty of guys that have talent, but they usually shy away from that moment, or they're not very successful in that moment because you know, you know, because when the, when the lights shine brightest, some people hide. You know, but he's two or three already this season. Uh, whenever the Thunder have needed us, that's I mean, as far as his development, as far as looking forward. I think that's that's an awesome thing to have as somebody that is not scared of the moment. He is not shy, Gilgis Alexander. He's 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 Bay Gilgis Alexander. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I I just want to say I do I do not take Shay Go to Alexander for granted. If there's anybody that doesn't know, (laughs) but um, and the Thunder won't either. As soon as soon as he's as soon as he's up for that max, they're gonna say, "Hey, twelve oh one, there you go. There goes that max right hey, there for you." Hey oh, Shay, how much mo- how much money do you want? All the money. All right, back the truck right, up. There you go. Like- <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, I, I like it's 
it's not conjecture. It's not just talking out your butt to say, like, he has legitimately gotten better and improved every game he's played. Like, mm-hmm. he he's taken an aspect to his game that he wasn't doing so well before, and he's improved on it. Like, people – it makes me so mad because, like, it's Twitter, but, like, people were doing, like, a top ten shooting guard ranking on Twitter the other day. And I can't tell you how many times I saw Shea in there. I'm like, dude, he's not – He's not a shooting guard. He's a point guard. He's the guy leading the offense. He's orchestrating the offense. I mean, he had 10 assists on one turnover out there. Like, that's not easy to do in the NBA. Like, that is a ridiculous assist-to-turnover ratio for a third-year player and, you know, the first year being the primary ball handler. So, yeah, man, like, uh, I'm super impressed, and I can't wait to see what he does the rest of the season. Uh, Hashtag ASGA. That's that's all I got to say. All-star game. for Sounds awesome, yeah. So the one thing that's cool about the Thunder is our pace and space. <clears throat> a lot of guys have opportunities to contribute on both ends of the floor, really, right? They, they, they fight hard on the defensive end, get out and transition and make things happen. But the ball is constantly moving around the perimeter, going inside, getting kicked back out. There's a lot of motion that's going on in this offense. And a lot of guys are getting opportunities to shoot. And when a lot of guys get opportunities to shoot, they have a lot of chances to score. And some guys are really taking advantage of that. We had six players scoring double digits in this game. Uh, one of those players scored 33. Another one scored 21. So sometimes you can get like six players hitting double digits and they're all kind of like in that 15, 16 point range. And there's no real huge outlier. We kind of had two outliers and then we had a lot of guys contributing. 127 mm-hmm. points for the Thunder is a lot of points. But it's it's really fun, like getting to watch this this type of basketball and getting to see a guy like Williams score 14. Teo Maladon is one of the youngest players in the league, too. He's playing the point guard position as a rookie, as a 19 year old. And he's he's slowly but steadily learning. Moose got 11, right? Stretch five. Like, that's fun. Roby, the baby face assassin, got 14, like. And then, of course, nine by Baisley and eight by George Hill. Like, there are a lot of guys contributing on this team. And I think that's important because it it means that guys are going to stay engaged and there's going to be buy-in for the team even when we eventually hit our lumps and we're not sitting at 500 like we are now after mm-hmm. having won the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I mean, development. Development's what you want to see. And, and you're seeing it. So, right, Shea ended up getting the and one, putting the game into overtime, and then we're able to win this thing 127 to 125. I think it's pretty interesting. Right now, the Thunder sit at six and six. That was our first, by the way, that was our first win at home for the season. So you definitely know we don't have fans <laughs> because we, uh, that's, that's tough. I don't think we started with that bad of a home record since our very first year in like the 2008, 2009 season. So when we started like three and 26 uh, or whatever, three and 29, I think actually uh, as our starting record for that season. And it it sucks that it sucks that tonight's game was postponed. Cause I think, I think the thunder were primed to come out and, you know, win this game. I I honestly do. And, you know, it kind of kills whatever momentum came into that second half of that bulls game. I think, because of these, all these stops and postponements, and I get kills momentum. That's why you see so many teams 
Like you see the Lakers and, you know, the, the Clippers and, you know, Milwaukee and the Bostons and the Phillies, they're all at top of their conferences. But then you have a bunch of teams that are just lumped together, like literally positions four through like 12 in each one of the conferences. They're like a game or two apart. And so, you know, all, all this stoppage and all this, it's just, it's wrecking havoc on the league. It definitely is. Um, <clears throat> so we got the Bulls sitting at five and eight now. They were like four and eight, I think, after that game. Picked up another win. And and OKC is sitting at six and six. So a question that I want to ask you guys, if you're Billy Donovan, do you kind of regret going to Chicago at this point? Or is it still like way, way too early to to say? Not. Nah. I don't think so. I, I, I you know, I, I think, like, here's the thing. Like, you don't, like, we don't know the inner workings of what Billy Donovan went through in these five years he was here. But I do know that every year was a roster turnover that was just like, like, there, he could never build any type of continuity. He could never build any type of, and so, you know, just if, if, if the team that you're on, is changing that much all the time and you have the opportunity to go to another team, then, Hey, go for it, man. Like I'm not, I, I don't think he regrets it. And I don't think that we as Thunder fans should be like, Oh, you left us. Like, I just think it was a perfect splitting of a parting of ways. Yeah. I, um, I just think it was time, man. You know, we was bringing in a new era of Thunder basketball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Billy was good for the time that he was here. But, uh, I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. I mean, the fan base wanted a new direction to be uh, – the fan base wanted to go in a new direction. And, obviously, it seemed like the front office wanted to go in a new direction. And it looks like Billy wanted to go in a new direction. I, I don't think it's crazy to think that, you know, it was more of – it, it was more than just he didn't want to coach a rebuilding team. I think, you know, he he was here for, what, four years and, you know, it didn't work out like it, he wanted it to. And it was just time to move on to a place that he was going to make more money, um, you know, a bigger basketball city and a place that, you know, could attract free agents um, and with a more established young core. So, I mean, I, I don't blame Billy, but uh, also don't miss him. So, <laughs> I mean, and that's fair. I don't, I'm not saying that to blame him. I'm just saying the, the narrative that came out was that he wasn't going to be interested in being on a rebuilding team. And he thought that the, the bulls were ready to compete. Now, a lot of smart basket, like smart guy, basketball guys have basically, you know, year over year, just refreshed their, the Chicago bulls are the next up and coming team for like the last four seasons. But it's just it's you got to be really frustrated if you're him. You're five and eight in your first thirteen games. I think that he probably saw it going a little differently there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mark Dagnall, I'm really, I'm really in, in, impressed with him. So um, I think a lot of a lot of us are too. So that gets us through that. Uh, talking about new direction, new direction. There was a big time trade that does have implications for the Thunder. I have one more thing to say about the team before we get into that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Um, 
Yeah, I how, just dare wanted to, you, how dare you talk about the Thunder on a Thunder podcast? <laughs> I just wanted to say, you know, shortly after um, all the news broke out that the Sixers-Thunder game was being postponed, the Thunder actually tweeted out that the team, as opposed to going home and, you know, being with their families or doing whatever they would do in their free time, which I'm sure we all assumed and wouldn't have blamed them if they wanted to do, Um the Thunder was back out on the court. They were scrimmaging. They were practicing. They were working. And it goes back to, you know, what Maddie was saying. Like, the squad is hungry. Like, they they want to get better every day. And, they you know, they want to develop more chemistry. And uh, it, it was it was really funny, like, you know, seeing all the tweets. Like, hey, you guys should have streamed this. We would have loved to watch this. But no, I, I just wanted to say that because I think it's a testament to, you know, like Mark, Coach Dagnall, like – I'm sure it was a joint effort. I'm sure the players wanted to do it, and I'm sure Coach was down to be there. I mean, obviously he was there. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I really like the direction we're headed. So, that's all I had to say. It was a, it was a midseason blue and white game. Yeah. Yeah, except, uh, hey, somebody was wearing red pennies, and uh, I guess the announcers <laughs> were still there because it was like, tip to the red team. And I was like, oh. <laughs> That would have been awesome to see. So, yeah, I, I really do like the direction of the squad. I like the composition of the squad, too. I like the personalities. Um, it's really tough. I mean, I still think Baisley's probably my favorite personality on the squad. But there are a lot of really likable dudes. Um, even Hami, you know, is is getting more involved, and you, you really can see the competitor in him. And So there, there are a lot of guys that could be fan favorites, for sure. So – you, you bring up Baisley, and Baisley was somebody that we hardly brought up in, in you know, talking about these last two games. And I don't know, like, whenever – like, at the beginning of the season, whenever we talked about, you know, this team, we talked about Shea and Baisley and then Dort. Do you think that it's now become Shea, Dort, and, like, Baisley's kind of – they're like, Baisley – to me, he struggled. He has been struggling a little bit this year. Like, it seemed like you, you see this sometimes with young guys, especially on these types of teams, where they want to do so much to be not necessarily the guy, but to be like one of the top three players on the team. And and I think, I think he's either falling short of that or maybe letting the pressure get to his head a little bit too much as far as as far as what he's supposed to be doing, but like, he'll have like a good game or a great game. And then he'll have like two or three kind of, you know, what's going on offensively. Like, you know, they're, they're putting him in positions where he has to guard people that, you know, like he, he's going to struggle to guard, like, you know, Anthony Davis or um, what in the Chicago game was probably what Wendell, Wendell Carter or Patrick Williams. Um, I don't know. Just, you know, we, we talked so much about Shea. We talked so much about Dort that I, I think sometimes Baisley gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. I, I agree with that. Um, I, I would like the consistency to be a little better, but, you know, he, he can have off nights and he's developing and there are a lot of people that still handle the ball. I mean, maybe if he was on a team that didn't have as many ball handlers and he was forced to handle the ball a little bit more, he would get more shine. I, I really do like his potential, though. You definitely could see it in spurts, yeah. what he could be 
there are some nights where he looks like he's also a borderline, you know, future all-star <laughs> just with some of the things he's able to do, some of his natural gifts, but it's just not quite as consistent and that's fine. I mean, he's a super young player. He took that one year off to be an intern last year. He was a rookie. So like, honestly, this is only the second year out of three, the last three that he's played, you know, basketball. And really last year was pandemic, <laughs> You know, so it's really like weird and it was, you know, the routines weren't weren't there. And and here's something else too, like shoot arounds and normal progression that you would see, you know, from other guys three, four years ago. You're not going to be able to see a lot of that because they're not getting as much court time with their teammates because of protocols and things that teams are doing too. So that's something to also keep in mind with some of these young guys. And you're like, well, why aren't they progressing like X, Y, and Z, dude? X, Y, and Z do got more opportunities to gel with his teammates and to be a focal point and to do all those things. And it's just, you know, everybody's having to adjust, but it's just something to be aware of. So anything more on the thunder, as far as we're currently constructed, uh, what you, what you've seen so far this year, any, any one thing that you haven't had a chance to mention on the pod yet before we move on cool all right so uh i'm just kidding (laughs) um so there is another team closer to my neck of the woods not in my neck of the woods but they're a texas team had a star disgruntled wanted to get themselves the heck out of dodge and no i'm not talking about deshaun watson who also wants to get out of texas (laughs) i'm talking about james I'm a basketball player that looks like Rick Ross Harden. Um, that dude was able to work his way out of Houston. There's a blockbuster trade. Everybody knows it already. He is now a Brooklyn net with, with the big three there and the Rockets, the biggest piece they got as far as on the basketball court this season is a Victor Oladipo by way of Indiana, who they sent Karis LeVert to. Um, so, yeah, the Rockets were able to get four first-round picks, four pick swaps also in the deal, which is pretty insane because it was for one guy. It wasn't for a Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So it's pretty yeah. interesting there. Karis LeVert is a really good player. We'll see what his medical looks like coming up, but – um, the Rockets really got a pretty good return on James Harden. They weren't able to get a Ben Simmons. So that means they're more in a rebuild mode. Poor Tyrese so guys, so right guys, I will open the floor up to you. What, what are your thoughts on that rocket trade? First of all, as far as the Rockets go, and then we could talk about what that means for the thunder. So I, I think, I think the Rockets are – so, number one, I can't believe Brooklyn did this again. Like, Brooklyn already saw – like, Brooklyn already did this one time and failed miserably. Like, like you know, they, they tried to get Paul, they tried to get Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Jason Terry from, from the Celtics. They basically gave them every pick and pick swap for, I think it was like six or seven years. And it failed and blew up miserably in their face. And they were, 
you know, basically the joke of the league for about five seasons there. And so instead of learning, instead of saying, hey, let's not repeat history, they decided to go ahead and do that again. And so that just, that part of it just kind of blew my mind because they literally gave up, was it four, four first round picks and four pick swaps? So 21, mm-hmm. 23, 25, and 27 are pick swaps, unprotected. There's no protection on any of these things. And then 22, uh, 24, all, 26. Yeah, it's all raw, man. No protection. Yeah, it's all raw dog. Raw dog, <laughs> no protection. Okay. And it, so it just, it, and that kind of just blew my mind that they actually did that again. Uh, but from Houston's side, I mean, if you're going to get something, that sounds great. You know, that sounds like a great place to start as far as, you know, starting a rebuild. But here's the thing. Like, I think Oklahoma City, whenever they did those trades for Russell Westbrook and for Paul George, they did those knowing that, hey, we're going to go ahead and purposely go through some lean years to try to go what they call superstar hunting in the draft. And so we knew that they were going in the direction of, rebuild first and then try to get those pieces and then hey maybe use those later picks for to grab that other superstar to trade for that other superstar whatever i think houston i think what they're going to try to do and tillman Furtado having an owner like that is they're going to try to stay relevant now and so i think that's going to go ahead and bite them on the butt and they're never going to get they're never going to completely like rebuild and things like that and so you know, already trying to get Victor Oladipo, you know, already, you know, they got John Wall for another four seasons. They got, you know, Christian Woods for another four seasons. And so it's like, like they're, they're in middle land. They're completely stuck in middle land as far as you, you either got to be real bad or real good. And they're going to be in the middle for the next three to four seasons, which is great for us. Go ahead, Dylan. Yeah, man. I mean, I just uh, – one, I think it's funny that uh, Rockets fans are like, oh, wow, this this is our path to the playoffs. Like, we got Harden out. Like, the team's going to start playing like a team now. I'm like, that's great. You're – I saw somebody say this is the – what was it? It was the all-ACL team. <laughs> oh, all-broken all tendon team. Yeah, Torn tendon. You're relying on the health of DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, and Victor Oladipo to make the playoffs. I, I, the odds are not in your favor. Not to mention, Victor Oladipo is a free agent after this year, and I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to stay in Houston. Um, so that's a rental. Uh, and we own their future. So I'm, I'm feeling great about the trade. Uh, as far as Brooklyn goes, you know, they're in the honeymoon stage. I know Harden was great. I know Durant was great. And I know they don't even have Kyrie yet. I, I know all these things. But that's a team that's going to score about 140 points, but also give up about 140 points every night because they don't got a lot of depth. They don't got a lot of defense. And as soon as that boat starts rocking, um, Kyrie and James Harden are two guys that I don't want on opposite sides of the boat. So I, I'm not convinced that's going to be great. Karius LeVert, theoretically, I think is going to be awesome with the Pacers. Obviously, he's younger. He's got more years in his contract. And I think he's a more natural fit to uh, Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon, who's been playing like a freaking all-star this year. Um, so, I think that they came out smelling like daisies. And, hey, credit to Cleveland for just randomly getting Jared Allen mm-hmm. for what? Um, Milwaukee's first rounder, which yep. isn't really a first rounder. So, 
Uh, yeah, I think everybody did great except for the Nets. Like, what the frick are you doing? You're giving up eight first-round picks for a guy that doesn't play defense. And, I, I mean, I and only has two years left on his contract. Like, I, I, I don't know. I get the thought press process behind it, but I just – I don't think it's going to work out. And Rockets, like, yeah, I, I guess you got something back. But not not really. You, you didn't really get anything back. But hey, Christian Wood's fun. Christian Wood is really good, though. He's he is really good. Really, yeah. He is really fun. Like you know, it, it almost sucks that James Harden didn't didn't go all in on this team because I think I think this is the big man that James Harden always wanted, and you know he decided to go ahead and leave now. Yeah, that's what Wall said. He's like, you're really going to jump ship after nine games, man? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, Draymond Green being the five in that death lineup for Golden State was really good. And I'm not saying Wood is as good of a facilitator as Draymond is in that offense. But I I would I would be willing to say that, that Wood is maybe ever bit as talented as Draymond Green. Oh, yeah. Being and and so that's that's pretty that's pretty special because Draymond Green people are talking about potentially being a Hall of Famer just for oh, you he, know he is a Hall of for Famer. his resume. Um, I mean, if if you got a guy that's as talented as a as a Hall of Famer and and Christian Wood still hasn't exactly scratched the surface for what he could be, I mean, they got it. They got themselves a guy there, and I think they got him for like nine million a year or something, like pretty stinking reasonable deal. So. Christian Woods a stud, and I hope I hope he helps carry them all the way to the sixth pick. Like mm-hmm. that, that's that'd be great. <laughs> um, so a couple of things that I'd like to touch on. One, the 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 Jared Allen thing, I think was the sneakiest part of the whole deal, and I think that's going to be a huge loss for Brooklyn. Yeah. He he really helped cover up mm-hmm. a lot of the deficiencies that that team had defensively. Not just with center. his range, but but the you know the 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 hustle too on the willingness to be available and be in the right spot on that defense. You have a lot of guys on that offense or on that team that are just focused on one end of the floor, and he really helped you know kind of stabilize the ship there. That's going to be very interesting. An angle I, I think, would like to. Oh, go I, ahead. I think I think I, well, I just want to say real quick. I think he's going to be a great compliment to Seckland. Like oh my yeah, god! Once you get Drummond out of there, yeah. Once you get like they have eighty five, they have eighty five centers in that team, and I, you know, they had a picture of all their centers, and they had Kevin Love on there. I had completely forgotten, not just that mm-hmm. Kevin Love was on the Cavaliers, but that Kevin Love was still in the league. Oh, we gotta that, get that Kevin Love eight. to Washington, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do something to help them out. Um, yeah, that that Cleveland team, I just. And Nance, right? Like, I can't mm-hmm. make up my mind on how I feel about that team. It's just a bunch of really interesting individual pieces that don't really fit well right now. A Cade Cunningham would certainly clean a lot of that up for them, but um, guard. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but he can operate like positionless yeah, no, basketball. I, I understand. It, it yeah. Um, so that like that's them. That was really good. Cleveland did a smart thing. You know, they're making smart decisions, I guess, these days or trying to. Um, Brooklyn losing Allen was big, but real quick, 
because we do talk about kind of all NBA stuff here. The Kyrie Irving uh, saga that has been of late. I, I don't have any actual intel on it or anything, but my theory is that, you know, maybe he used this as one to make the comp, the leadership for the nets a little uncomfortable to get them to say, Hey, do we need Kyrie insurance? Like that is a thought process. So we can't afford to maybe lose Durant in two years. Um, if we don't get him enough support, that is a thought. And another thought is that uh, Irving did that knowing it would kind of put a little bit of pressure on the nets, but also to allow other guys to showcase so that maybe they could, you know, go get this deal done. Cause uh, from what I'm hearing, Kyrie supposed to be working his way back to the team. So what do you guys think about that? Is it, is there like, was, was Kyrie playing chess here? Was it a, a leverage move to actually get James Harden to, Brooklyn is Kyrie going to self-destruct the whole thing? Like, what do you guys think happens with that? I I just think Kyrie Irving's basically like Forrest Gump, you know, whenever he just decided to go run and everybody was like (laughs) really inspired by him and they was all following him and they was like, yeah, this is awesome. And he just stops. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he turns around and and goes home. And then then one day I just stopped running. (laughs) I think Kyrie I'll go just, home now. <laughs> Kyrie Irving just said, and then I stopped playing basketball. I think I'll go to a birthday party now. That's It's a party. That's it's a party. It's a party. Yeah. Kyrie Irving has always, you know, marched to the beat of his own drum, kind of done things how, you know, however he wanted to do. I um, mean, you know, there's rumors, there's reports going on about his intentions and what he feels about the direction of the team. But at the end of the day, man, Kyrie's just hard to put a finger on. Um, I, I know he's working his way back. Uh, there was thought that he was going to play tomorrow, but now he's questionable for that game too. So I don't know, man, maybe Kyrie never plays again. <laughs> it wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me in the, in the slightest if Kyrie never played basketball again, but it wouldn't shock me if he came out and played Monday. So that's, that's what I have to say about Kyrie. Like, like I, number, number one, Matt, I, I mean, not Matt. <laughs> so number one is I think you put way too much stock in his thought process as far as him thinking about this type of stuff. Like him doing this, like that was just Kyrie doing Kyrie. Like Kyrie is like a different dude. And Kyrie is one of these players that his talent allows him to do this type of stuff. Because if he was if he was a middle of the bench guy, this this wouldn't fly. Like he would be traded or he his next contract would be a minimum contract because we don't need that kind of headache on our team. Um, but his talent allows him to do things like that. And he's taking advantage of that. You know, he's, 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 he's taking advantage of being able to be like, Hey, personal reasons I'm out. You know, um, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, like it's, it's very hard to pinpoint. Like I doubt it's anything related to, Oh, you know, I wanted to go ahead and be out so that the team can see, you know, the team could showcase Karis LeVert so that we can trade him and get James Harden. Like, I don't think it's anything like that. I just think that Kyrie, like Dylan said, marches to the to the beat of his own drum, 
and he didn't feel like playing or he was pissed off at what happened at the Capitol building um, as far as the discrepancies between, you know, what he saw was the reaction to, you know, the white rioters versus maybe the reaction to like Black Lives Matter, that type of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying that they were pissed off, like he was pissed off that they hired um, Steve Nash. Uh, you know, they didn't really consult him. Um, and so, you know, he's just, I just look at him and I'm like, I'm like Jack Nicholson gif as far as him like destroying the Nets from inside. Like <laughs> that would just be awesome. <laughs> as, as Dylan does the head nod. Yeah. I love it. It's yes. what, what was that? Was that anger management? I think, I think that's so. what it was from. Yeah. yeah. Um, Goose Raba. Um, <laughs> I think, I think it's really an interesting storyline to see where they end up. If all three of those guys are playing, like that's definitely the prohibitive favorite in the East. If, if they're not all playing Durant and Harden are really good at what they do. I think it'll be a Testament, you know, honestly, one storyline of the trade is, you know, what could have been in Oklahoma city. So if it just, if the basketball doesn't work out with Harden and to rant who they are now, maybe that le- leads more to the the thought that Westbrook, Harden, and Durant weren't going to be sustainable long term, and those guys couldn't have been who they ended up being as individual parts if they were all together. And maybe it wouldn't have like worked, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it will help with that narrative. Now, if the Nets go like do big things and whatever, like we'll cross that bridge, I guess, when we get there. But that's but that's pretty significant. That's a significant storyline, at least for you know guarding our own heart as Thunder fans for Bleacher Report inevitably throwing something out again for the anniversary of the Harden to the Rockets deal and what could have been for OKC. Yeah, and and you know what sucks about this for the Nets is they also traded away Torian Prince, who you know Torian Prince is not a great defender, but. He was a wing player, and, you know, he was tasked with guarding, you know, the team's best wing players. Well, guess who gets that task now? Kevin KD? Durant. Because James Harden and Kyrie Irving can't guard a paper bag. Um, and for Kevin Durant to go out there. Jeff Green. Oh, yeah, Jeff Green's out there too. But, you know, Kevin Durant and Jeff Green, whatever. Kevin Durant's the starter. He's going to have the task of guarding the LeBrons, guarding the Giannis's, guarding the Kawhis, you know, all these players. And that's that's a lot to ask for a guy that's coming off of a ruptured Achilles tendon. That's mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's going to be rough on KD, uh, who hasn't had a clean bill of health in his career. Um, that, that can't be great for him. He's probably going to lean on some load management to try to alleviate that. But – it could come back and bite them on the butt. Obviously, you know, buyout <laughs> candidates is a thing. The trade deadline's a thing. I think Sean Mark said this is not the final uh, product of a roster, so maybe they have some things cooking up. I don't know. I, I don't realistically know what kind of piece, game-changing piece you could add to the roster that already uh, is sitting with like $120 million a year with three players. But Not, hey, getting, I'm, I'm not, not without getting rid of DeAndre Jordan, right? Yeah, and, and hey, that's that's their best friend, man. You you can't trust their best friend. I mean, he's better than Jared Allen. So, um, oh that's uh, with that being said, I still got the six Sixers in the East, and if not, it's still Lakers in five. So, yeah. regardless, still Lakers. 
do you, Alex, do you think this tra this changes the landscape of the East? Are the Nets now your favorite? No, no, because I, I think I think we're gonna have some a lot of load management with our team. You know, especially especially now, like you know, you went from like being, you know, let's see if we're gonna be championship contender to you get hard and you're you're definitely thinking that you're a championship contender, and so you want to protect everything that you can protect for the playoffs. Um, and so I, I don't think regular season wise they're gonna be looking like you know, hey, they're going to be the number one seed in the in the East. Um, but I, I do think they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. But again, in the playoffs, you know, you start to get into those matchups where people people don't shoot as well as they used to, or people don't um, don't perform as well as they used to. We've seen Harden do that for eight years now in Houston, um, and so you know, we'll see. We'll see how you know. We'll see what happens especially if they have to close out a game seven against the heat on the road or something, you know, like yeah, you just James Harden's just going to be a dude out there. <laughs> yeah, Cause you know what he with, did the night without, before with, without the E. He's going to be a dud. <laughs> um, so I like that. I really, I really like that. And I'm, I'm <laughs> slow on the up, upswing. But the, the Houston Rockets right now, as it stands, are tied for the fifth pick, I think, with strength of schedule and stuff right now, are sitting at seven. And Oklahoma City is sitting at 13, according to tankathon.com. If you're not on tankathon.com, what are you doing with your life you as a fan of life? a rebuilding team? Um, so as of right now, Houston still has a little bit of work to do, but they're kind of right where we want them if the odds just stay that and their odds don't get better I, it's going to be very nerve-wracking all the way up to the the lottery but do you uh now we'll talk about what this means for okc real quick because i know we're getting on about an hour here um current draft picks six nice. six seven, seven 33 yeah uh we're, 45 we're pretty, and 49. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. In their draft power rankings, we are actually number one. Detroit is number two with the first overall pick and pick 34. So uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good for the Thunder as far as that stands. And the seventh pick there coming by way of the Heat with OKC having the right to the top two uh, of the, the Heat rockets and thunder pick provided the rockets pick is not in the top four so that's what the protection looks like for that yeah. so let me ask you guys this the rockets are sitting at four and seven right now with the seventh worst record in the league where do you see them ending up do you think that's about right now that james harden is gone or do you think that they get closer to play-in status in the west I think, I think you see them closer to like 11, 12 West. You know, I think they end up with like, like when it's all said and done, I think, you know, and whenever we're done with the lottery, if the lottery stays, it's supposed to be. Um, I think they'll end up with like the eighth or ninth pick. 
Solid. Yeah, right now they're the 14th team in the Western Conference. I could see them making their way to like the 12-ish, 11-ish if they can stay healthy. You know, we, we talked about the likelihood of that with the players that they have. But um, yeah, if they stay healthy, I think they're a fringe playing team. But uh, I, I think Yeah, I, I, I'd be interested to see how Phoenix ends for sure. Portland seems to have gotten their footing. San Antonio is a team that's seven and six, and they're playing some pretty good basketball. I don't know if that's necessarily sustainable. Um, Memphis is getting jaw back, so they might go on a bit of a run. Golden State, if they can maybe figure it out, but I don't know. Maybe Houston can jump them too. Like there is definitely a path for Houston to build up a little more ground and help our odds of actually having that pick convey um, this season. Like that, that's, you know, kind of a storyline to watch, but the Rockets, they've done it. They've, they've, they've pulled the pin out. They threw the grenade and things are somewhat blowing up in Houston, although not completely. It'll be very interesting to see where they end up. All right, so that is the week that was in uh, Thunder basketball. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Dylan. Do you have any parting thoughts on this podcast? We have a couple TQs if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My bad. My bad. I, I forgot all about the TQs. I got all involved. So, yeah, Alex, you want to you wanna lead these off? And we'll kind of yeah, get sure through thing. these guys. Uh, so, so number one, first, we only have about three of them. So, first one from uh, Chris. Reason to join the team, would we make the playoffs? What do you guys think? Can you repeat the question? You cut out. Oh, my bad. So, so if Trevor Ariza were to join the team, would we make the playoffs? That's, so that's, my thought is, my, go ahead, go ahead, Dylan. No, I, I was just saying, Jesus gonna impact the team in a way a Chris Paul or somebody like that does. That's that's all I have to say. Yeah, I think, ahead, I think just based off just based off of what we've seen already this year, I think having a Trevor Ariza on a team would maybe impact one win, you know, one extra win, and that's about it. Like, I don't think Trevor Ariza is the same player he was, wow, when he played with with the Lakers or when he played with, you know, the Rockets back in the day. Um, so, you know, he's – but, again, other championship contenders, if you're listening to this podcast, don't let, let that deter you from him not being a contributor on your team. Like, he can be a championship team contributor, so – don't let that deter you, but I think on our team, I don't think he would have added that much. So I'll do a follow-up question for you guys. Do we buy him out eventually, or do we not buy him out? I don't think he has the panache that Andre Iguodala does, um, and so I do think we eventually just end up buying him out. That's the second time you said panache today. You like that, huh? <laughs> panache. Uh, I don't. I don't think we buy him out. No, it's unless your name's Kyle Singler. Um, it's it's not in the Thunder's mo to buy a players out. I think they're going to try to extract every bit of value they possibly can, even if that's a 
fake second rounder, top fifty five protected oh, yeah. pick. It's something. Oh no, I, I agree hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. I just I don't think I don't think his value is that high. Like I don't and I, I could yeah. be wrong. I could be completely wrong. We can get to the trade deadline and somebody like Portland or somebody like you know, somebody that's on the fringe could be like, Oh, you know, we just need this one guy and he can get us over the edge and you know, here's you know, here's nine million dollars in salary and a and a second round pick. Be kind of funny if he ended up back in Portland. <laughs> it would. Or or if a team like the Nets said, you know what, like DeAndre Jordan, it's not working out. Like, you know, we got to make a move. He understands that. You know, maybe you guys can buy him out. I don't know. But we'll take Trevor Reza and Muscala and, you know, whatever. I don't know what else they would have, but, like, that's an option. They yeah. Tr- they can't trade us any first. I can tell you that much. Or, Yeah. Uh, maybe some seconds. I don't know. Hey, I need um, a first for Muscala, man. That man's a bala. He's Muscala the bala. Um, okay. Uh, panache is that like the middle layer of a cake? That's a ganache. Oh my bad, my bad. All right, <laughs> just a bit outside. All right. Second, second question. Um, so second question is from Endo, aka at Smokes. Smokes you Mendo. I don't. Okay, sure. Um, be honest. I won't judge. Tank or no tank. Right now, I'm wearing a t-shirt. Easy. I'm not wearing a tank. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I, I believe we're all in. You know, we're all in concert about this being team tank, hundred percent. Right. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I mean, any I, any dissenters, any insurrectionist amongst us? I don't uh, know. Most be tweeting we championship a lot. Hey, you know yeah. what? We we five hundred. Like that's that's better than some teams. So, I I would prefer us to collect a bunch of losses that we learn from, that we develop a lot of, a lot yeah. from in the near future. Like our schedule is supposed to get a lot more difficult over like our next twenty games. I would. I would really like for our record to reflect that for sure. But like you've mentioned earlier, it's the young guys that are making these wins happen. It's not like, it's not like Horford and Hill are combining to go off for like 60 points. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the young cats doing work. So I can't be completely like against that because that's the growth and development and progress we want to see. But Man, I want Cade, or I want Suggs, or I want Mobley. I want one of those three guys. And we're not getting them by winning a bunch of games. So, nope. yeah. yeah. Next season, I want Imani Bates, and I want Victor Wamba Yamba. Chamba Wamba. <laughs> Chet, Chet, Chet Holmgren. Yep. Yeah. So. No, see, the the I, I, I said this in a group chat to somebody before, but uh, – and th- this perfectly lays out how I'm approaching this season and however many seasons that we're in this rebuild slash tank slash replenish, replenish, reposition, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm treating this like a movie, man. Like, I don't care if we win. I don't care if we lose. I don't care about the outcome. I just want to be entertained. I want to enjoy the experience. And for me to have an enjoyable experience, it's for those young guys to be playing good, for us to, you know – be playing with you know some pride in our, in our play absolutely but 
if we lose by one point, if we miss a shot of the buzzer, if Zach Levine goes nuclear and hits four threes in the last 30 seconds, like, so be it. We were in there. Like, there there was entertaining basketball. Like, players grew and developed in that game. I'm fine with the outcome. So, yeah, that's that's how I'm taking it. So, you mentioned a movie, right? My wife and I are getting primed because we're going to start watching Cobra Kai. So, we watched The Karate Kid last night just so that we kind of were refreshed on all the references that I'm sure are going to come. Mm-hmm. So right now we're in the, the paint fence, wax car, <laughs> uh, sand floor. We're in, we're in that, that realm, right? We're doing all that stuff that's supposed to be painful and eventually like it's going to pay off, right? We're going to have the montage where we're learning our balance on the boat and we're, we're doing all those things. Mark Dagnall is uh, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> right kind of like helping develop us and, and put us in position wax on wax off up down side side um so eventually we're gonna get to the tournament right and we're gonna we're gonna get there but right now it's in the painful spot and it's it's cool though like daniel larusso eventually learns stuff right and he, he actually develops himself a little bit better and better each day and you can kind of see that out of some of these players so that's like great so stick around with this team because it's going to be worthwhile but it certainly wouldn't hurt to get a couple of extra guys a couple of extra tools in the bag that can help us in that tournament to take down cobra kai they're going to show no mercy the rest of the nba is going to show no mercy and honestly they're going to sweep the leg and we got to be ready for it. So it would help to have as many yeah. really good guys on our side as possible. Eventually, eventually we're going to meet a team that has Patrick Beverly on their team and he's going to sweep the leg again. Damn it, dude. He comes at Shea. Al- I'm Alex, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> <laughs> Bring me all the chaos. Uh but fair, but fair, because we're the Thunder, and that's what happens to the Thunder. That's, yeah. As I'm getting ready to chug this Guinness here. Um, so what else Be, do you being guys a thunder, have? Being a, th- being a Thunder fan has hardened my heart to where those things don't hurt me anymore. Fair enough. Um, have you guys seen Cobra Kai yet? I haven't. Nah, okay. man, we're watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now, which – Nine-Nine? Yeah, yeah, really great show. You'd be amazed how uh, how many times you could say title of your sex tape in a day. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Uh, I think it's it works. Than out. That's what she said personally. I I, I agree. I, I think it's I think it's awesome. I love nine nine. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah. What's our? Do we have any more Twitter Twitter questions? No, that's it. The other one was just a basic how's how's life going. I think we well, I'm, said that. I'm chugging this Guinness now while you guys say any other parting uh, thoughts. So Dylan, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll just give a baby update. You know, he's breathing better every day. Uh, he, he seems to get better every day. So that's awesome. Um, he, you know, from it's almost been a month. It'll be, it'll be a month since he's been born this Thursday, which is just kind of crazy Dang, to me. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, like, like I said, he's getting better every day. Uh, he's still got a long way to go, but definitely appreciate all the prayers, thoughts, supports, and kind words that uh, everybody sent our way. And, you know, just keep it up because, uh, you know, we 
he still got a long way to go, but, you know, God's brought him this far, and uh, I know he's going to see it through. So, let's keep it up, Supernova. Supernova. And I I just want to go ahead and just give credit to the person who asked that question. It was was Alan at Chase Down. So, he's the one that asked us how – how life is going and it's other than me driving you know an hour and 15 minutes both ways to go to a basketball game that didn't happen my life is going well i thought that i was coming down with the rona last week that's why i sound a little groggy now uh really really bad cold like body aches chills all that stuff sore throat oh wow got tested uh negative so like that's good the test is not the worst thing in the world, but it's obviously not like the greatest either. Like, I think that swab was like a foot long. I don't know, but like they went all the way back there. Um, and it stung. Like, do you, re- you remember? You remember? On, you remember on Transformers Part Two, where he's being held down by Megatron, and that little mm-hmm. that little robot comes in and goes into his nose, and you know, goes into his brain. That's what it feels like. It's what it feels like mm-hmm. when they shove that thing all the way up your nasal cavity and just kind of like you know take advantage of you Mm -hmm. yeah that's i mean and (laughs) it's it's a lot of advantage of me and and that's why i uh always obey the the speed limit i'm i'm never risking going to prison because i know yeah so anyway um (laughs) moving on (laughs) Uh, that, that's bitch. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am a boy y'all might want to watch out there's about to be juice everywhere um I I it's been good for me overall though just fighting the crud just finished that second Guinness because I do what I say and um I never joke about Guinness so that's pretty dope, and I'm really ready to celebrate St. Patty's Day coming up, maybe from my own uh, house. I don't know. Uh, I heard that Fredericksburg in Texas does a good thing, but, you know, we'll see, whatever. So, yeah, that's kind of me. Thank you guys uh, for joining us. Uh, Alex, Dylan, thank you so much for, for helping me out with the weekly for allowing me to make up, make all my mistakes as the host. Um, and thank you guys for listening to this podcast. It's, it's really dope. We, we love the interaction. We love all the chats that we're involved in on Twitter as the official podcast of Thunder Twitter. Just thank you so much. And, uh, you know, wear your mask, wash your hands, hoop when you can. And as always, Thunder Up. Thunder Up. Thunder Up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder Podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.